When I was a kid growing up in Jersey, uh, anybody who was a hoot or really funny or something, uh, we'd call him a riot. Ladies and gents, uh, this guy's a riot in more ways than one. Bob Dylan. Then fare ye well, my own true love. Then fare ye well for a while. The ship is awaiting and the wind blows high. I'm bound away to the sea, Mary Ann. This is Pod Dylan, the show that celebrates the work of Bob Dylan, two songs at a time. Proud member of the Fine Water Podcast Network. I'm your host, the freewheeling Rob Kelly. Now, I have begged, I have pleaded, I have asked nicely for someone to please ask for a song from the 1973 Revenge album, Dylan, the only album we have not yet covered here on Pod Dylan. And nobody has stepped up until my pal, Henry Bernstein. Hi, Henry. Thank you for doing this. Hey, Rob. I'm just, it's As always, it's my pleasure. It's my honor. <laughs> I, I can't believe, I mean, I, I can't believe, first of all, no one would put, throw something out there from this, but... Um, I'm also honored to be part of a debut album for you. <laughs> the last one. I mean, we've covered <laughs> stuff from Dylan and the Dead. We've covered stuff from uh, self-portrait. Self-portrait. <laughs> we've covered stuff from. Uh, I mean, the unknown outloaded. Yeah, uh, we have, we've certainly done that. We've oh, done Bronson Down Girl. in the Groove. We've done both Wilbury's albums. I mean, not that those are bad, but you know, I mean, those are tangential to the to the yeah. to the career. But, uh, you know, the, the Dylan record, no one has ever asked for it. And I kept asking somebody, come on, nobody ever did it. So, again, Henry, I deeply appreciate you, you volunteering. So we're going to be talking about two songs from this record. As is usual, when, I, when we're talking about covers, uh, I like to do two songs because, you know, I feel like there's a little more to talk about. You got two because, of course, Bob didn't write either one of these songs. So uh, we're going to be talking about uh, Marianne, which, of course, I quoted the opening uh, verse from. And uh, we're going to be discussing his cover of Big Yellow Taxi, the Joni Mitchell classic. Bop, bop, um, bop. <laughs> but before we get to the songs, uh, we have to give a little bit of context for this record for anyone who doesn't know what this record is about. Dylan... When, when Bob Dylan uh, changed uh, record labels in 1973, he decided to leave his longtime label, Columbia Records, to go with David Geffen's Asylum Records on, like, I think, a one-album-per-contract basis. Uh, Columbia was so mad that they <laughs> took a bunch of outtakes that Bob uh, recorded from Self-Portrait and New Morning and slapped it together on a record, simply called it Dylan, without Bob's permission, and released it. And despite the fact that it was critically not uh, well-received, it still charted pretty well because it was still a Bob Dylan record and it was material nobody had heard. Um, it is kind and of it was hard. only 1970 or 73, 73, right? like, 73. It, only, it was only 1973. So like, it's still the early part. If you think of a big picture, like oh, a yeah. new Bob Dylan album in 1973 was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, right. Especially since he had been kind of quiet the last couple of years. He had released uh, New Morning in 1970, Self Portrait 1970, and then The Greatest Hits Volume 2. But, you know, the early 70s, he was on, on the quiet side. So, wow, here's a new Bob Dylan album. I can imagine people getting it and are like, what the hell is what? what? I'm sure <laughs> you know? Grail Marcus said, what is this shit again? <laughs> Probably. <laughs> and, you know, I mean, I am sure we all know that the record industry is a wretched hive of scum and villainy, and there's lots of <laughs> terrible things that recording artists are subjected to by their labels. But can you imagine in this day and age, Henry, a record company being so outwardly dickish 
petty. To, to petty. <laughs> yeah. To someone of Dylan's stature, so publicly. I'm sure that record labels have done lots of things to people, probably even as big as Bob uh, on the on the down low. You know, but not this openly, not this much just like, hey, we're pissed at you. You were with us for 13 years. F you. We're going to put out a bunch of stuff that you didn't want heard. I mean, can you imagine such a thing nowadays? I can't. Well, okay. So first of all, great most Isley reference about scum and villainy. Second of all, I mean, kind of like, didn't, isn't this similar to like the Taylor Swift stuff? You know, I mean, it's different because they actually, I mean, they owned the material and they didn't let her, whatever it was that they didn't let her do, like release it or get paid for it. You know, I guess that's a good, yeah. I mean, she's as big as it gets nowadays. So I guess that's pretty close. Yeah. I would say Taylor Swift now is as big as Dylan was in, you know, the early seventies, but it's pretty, I mean, for a, a legendary recording company, like, columbia records it's not like they didn't also have johnny cash and i don't know like uh, springsteen early springsteen right they had spring right they already had the quote-unquote new dylan right like you know i'm sure people left labels all the time but yeah it's, it's outrageous that they would do something like that it's also outrageous that they had material that they slapped together and it didn't make a good album, right? Like they had Bob Dylan <laughs> leftovers. Like usually, you know, now we'd call that the bootleg series and, it, yep. and they'd be gems. <laughs> right. Think about all the material they had in their vaults. And this is what they chose to put together. I mean, it really, like, seems like the basement know. tapes hadn't come out yet. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's like they have all these outtakes from blonde on blonde and highway 61. And they're like, no, 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 none of that. Uh, we're going to put together Bob singing Spanish is the loving tongue. That's what we're going to do. I mean, it's just, it's just, and look, I, and I never like to, I never like to bash other creative people's work because Lord knows I've done a lot of crappy creative work in my, in my career, you know, especially as an illustrator, I'm sure I've done stuff that people saw in a magazine and went, really this, you know, you never know the context for these things. But the, first of all, I think it's one of Bob Dylan's ugliest album sleeves. Uh, I, I cannot, I just cannot stand that thing, that portrait of him. And then it's done as like a serigraph. It's like, very seventies. Oh, like bad to me, art. To me, it's like, just ugly to look at. Like yeah. it just hurts my eyes. And then calling it Dylan, like just <laughs> Dylan. It's so lazy. Like it's just so like slap it together boys and ship it out. You know, I'm surprised you, there's even the label even has like the right songs on it or something. Right. Do you remember in 2009, 2010, Columbia put out a, a Dylan compilation and they called it Dylan? It was yes. a red cover. Yeah, the giant the, box. Yeah. yeah, it was no different than Essentials. It was the same, you know, Columbia Records, Sony, you know, mass produced, probably to keep up the copyright or whatever. You know, who knows? So a friend of mine who was like actually quite a bit older than me, but was I had, was like into music and had it just sort of missed Dylan. Um, I was getting her into Dylan, like sending her recommendations. And she like writes me, she's like, Henry, I just got a, a, a Dylan album that I've been listening to. And I was like, Oh great. What album? And she writes Dylan. <laughs> and I, I laugh. I wrote like, LOL or ha 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 ha. And she's like, why are you laughing right now? I'm like, that's regarded as one of the worst Dylan albums of all time. And she's like, what do you mean? There's all these great songs on it. So, you know, I guess maybe that was Columbia trying to reclaim the the maybe. word Dylan. Yeah, but it, I mean, yeah, the the chutzpah of of putting Dylan on uh, just as the name of the album on that. I mean, it's just it's just the whole thing is weird. Why yeah. did why did Bob leave Columbia? 
that I, I think he was just tempted by a better deal by by uh david geffen david geffen was just i think starting up his record company and i'm i i would from i remember when i read like he was trying to land a couple of really name acts and dylan was about as big as it gets and it, you know if you want to establish your company you're going to poach one of the big guys. And he mm-hmm. did. Now, of course, it didn't last long because Bob went right back to Columbia Records. Yeah, you know, why did right he go afterwards. back? Yeah, I mean, I think I think realized now uh, maybe, maybe I was better off there, uh, yeah. where, I, where I was. But it's kind of amazing. Now, this record is the only Bob Dylan album to not be released on compact disc in America. Uh, it is not the only time it ever got released was when they put out this giganto box set a couple of years later after the later Dylan one that is all of his CDs and it's this is included in there. But for for it is not available as a single uh, artifact and I only got it at a at a rec at like a bootleg record store that carried imports mm-hmm. because it was released in England and it's not called Dylan in England it's called A Fool Such as I. That's mm-hmm. the title of the record, and that's the version I have. Now, we're kind of trashing this record a little bit, but I got to say, and the reason why I wanted to talk about it, there's some good stuff here. Mm-hmm. There really is. There's some fun stuff in here, and there's some songs here that were very transformative to me about when I was getting into Bob initially and buying, gobbling up all the CDs I could. There was stuff in here that I had never heard before, obviously. I mean, literally, the songs I never heard, but also they were covers of songs I was not familiar with. So getting to hear him interpret these old songs and in some ways i think really deliver some wonderfully fun takes of was was uh, like the some of these songs made it onto my kind of like uh compilation cassettes that i made and they were in heavy rotation so i have a deep fondness for this record as deeply flawed as it is and so that's why i always wanted to talk about it deserves a little bit of attention here on the show even though it took us 210 (laughs) so episodes to get to it so we're going to start with uh, with with your pick, Henry, with Big Yellow Taxi. Obviously, okay. one of the more contemporary covers. In fact, probably the most contemporary. In fact, that song by Joni Mitchell was released in January of 1970, I believe, or mm-hmm. and, and or April. no, no, April. April. And Bob yeah. recorded it in June, June of 19. Yeah. I mean, talk about hot off the press. Right. It's kind of like what we were talking about when we did the boxer episode. Right, with Rebecca, you're right. With Rebecca, yeah. where it's like yeah. he's he's obviously just paying a compliment to to this song because Big Yellow Taxi was not a classic at that point. It was a brand new song, but Bob loved it enough to cover it. So why of all the songs off this record do you want to talk about that one? Well, also, I mean, I I, I also want to say like it reminds me of like Jimi Hendrix covering like a Rolling Stone, like, you know, the next day after it was released, things like that. You know, like great art like game recognizes game right like bob um you know and it wasn't shortly thereafter that Joni joined the rolling thunder review right mm-hmm. a couple of years later so after the release obviously of this why did i chose it so th- this album um yeah it, it wasn't available on cd and when i was getting into dylan and you know it was there was like a few on my list that i hadn't gotten yet when i was about 19 or 20 it was like empire burlesque not downloaded <laughs> and this one and i just didn't know how to get it um i knew it existed because like the early days of like the internet i was looking at bobdylan.com or whatever expecting rain and i was like how do i get this and i don't know the answer to it i don't know how i eventually got it it must have been when digital music became a thing and i found maybe um you know on napster downloaded like a bootleg of uh 
was, was it a fool such as I? Is that what it was called? In, in, in or, England, yeah, fool such. Right. It's on the spine, it says a fool such as I. Right, because like I don't, I'm very proud of like my Dylan CD collection. Like to this day, when the new album comes out, I still buy the CD because like it just it feels right. I don't mm-hmm. know. I, and um, so I yeah, I never had this one. And then when I don't know how I discovered he was covering Joni Mitchell, who I at the time was also only I was new to. I couldn't believe it. And I love that song. And at the same time, this will sort of date when I was in my 20s, uh, the Counting Crows had put out their version of Big Yellow Taxi and it was a huge hit. Yes, it was. Right? And it sort of had this, like those covers kind of do for a movie or whatever it is, like it kind of revitalized the sales of Big Yellow Taxi for Joni or whatever. So now I'm like deep in Bob Dylan and I'm so I'm listening to this cover and I, I don't know. I just, I, I love that. I, I love that he's covering such a, a household name song like the boxer and i don't know if i don't know if people like it or not i like it i think he keeps the elements of Joni's with the you know the backup singer sounds very new morning ish you know he's mm-hmm. got the new morning voice which i like and it's kind of like you know poppy and happy which was what new morning was and he changes the bunch of the lyrics so <laughs> that's why you know which we like talking about in here i thought so that's kind of why i chose that yeah, I mean, right. I like his voice. So again, it's it's a it's a remarkably kind of upbeat performance of kind of a downer song. I mean, it's like yeah. the song itself is very poppy, but yet you read the lyrics and you're like, "Geez, you know, this is kind yeah, of." You read sad. the lyrics and you realize, oh, it's 2022. Yeah, uh, pretty you know, much yeah. the genius of Joni right there. Like nothing's changed. In fact, it's gotten way worse. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, they they paved a paradise and put up a park. I mean, the first line. They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. I mean, it's the the song's central thesis, right there, <laughs> the opening yeah. line with a pink hotel boutique and a swinging hot spot. Don't it always seem to go that you don't know what you've got till it's gone? They paved paradise and put up a parking lot. They took all the trees and put them in a tree museum. They charged the people a dollar and a half just to see them. Now, I never want to compliment somebody in such a reductive way where it's like, oh, that's very Dylan esque because that's kind of you know. That's that. That's not, that's limiting to their genius. And Joni Mitchell is a genius of her own caliber. But at the same time, I could see why. Um, of all the lines in the song, that to me feels like the most Dylan-esque line. They put all the trees and put them in a tree museum. The people charge a dollar and a half just to sing. That that I could see almost see Bob hearing that and saying, "Oh, yeah. I'd like to sing that." That's a, it, <laughs> it it's because like it's got that rat a tat kind of thing mm-hmm. happened to it, you know. Uh, took all the trees and put them in a tree museum, charged the people a dollar and a half to see them. It's just like, it, it kind of, it rolls off your tongue. Totally. Uh, by the way, he, that's where he, he changes it. He says, don't it always go to show? You never know what it's, what you got till it's gone. Oh, that's right. <laughs> and, and it's just like, it's such like an, we've talked about this before with Bob. That's just like a odd lyrical change. Like it doesn't, it's not like he's changing uh, like the lyrics tangled up in blue is talking about trucks, drivers, wives, or mathematicians mm-hmm. wives. It's like, it's just the, the chorus. He just don't it always go to show is the same. It's exactly the same in terms of meaning as don't it always seem to go. So I don't know. Um, you wonder I, like, did he, did he not have the words in front of him? Yeah. He, he might've just, just been <laughs> doing his thing. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he might've for all we know, he only had heard the song a couple of times and it just come out. Right. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah. 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 Uh, it's it, but it, it's it's fun, and you can see you can almost hear how much he's enjoying singing it. And, and again, like we talked about, like I, I feel like if you're a musician, 
uh, and you can speak to this, is like, the, the, to me, the most best compliment you can pay a song that you like is to cover it because, like, that's your way of saying, this is how much I like this thing. I'm going to do it myself, you know? And, I, the, you know, I can only imagine what a compliment that's got to be. I mean, I'm sure Joni and Bob already knew each other by this point, so that's a right. little bit of a different thing. But at the same time, it's like, what an enormous compliment that Bob Dylan, Mr., you know, greatest songwriter of the of the latter half of the 20th century is singing one of your songs. And it, it's kind of wonder. I almost wonder like, when did Joni Mitchell even know about this? Like, you know what I mean? Like did, it, did this record <laughs> well, come out and then I'm it's like, sure. Oh, it's on here. Like what? I mean, I'm sure Columbia called her and sent her a check. Right. That's true. I guess they have to. Uh, that, yeah, maybe yeah, that's right. when she found out, you know, I mean, I'm sure, uh, you know, maybe Albert Grossman sent her agent a letter and said, <laughs> Bob would like to cover this. And she said, sure, send me the check. <laughs> you know, I, I, I don't know, but yeah, it's, uh, it's funny. He also, at the end, he changes, he doesn't even use the words big yellow taxi in his version. <laughs> he says, Late last night, I heard my screen door slam. A big yellow bulldozer took away house and land. Oh, that's, yeah, that's right. <laughs> like, he, the whole punchline of the song, because <laughs> like you said, it's not, it, it, it's sort of an upbeat song, but the lyrics are actually pretty dark. And she also tricks you by naming it Big Yellow Taxi. That's not even like the hook of the song, is right, Big Yellow right. Taxi. It's a one line, it's in a line at the end. And he doesn't even sing, he never sings Big Yellow Taxi. <laughs> <laughs> so i mean I, <laughs> and it's stuff like that that makes me love bob dylan you know we're just like we're having we're, we're having a ball right now just wondering why that is that's so weird but so it's things like that that's why i chose this <laughs> i think this is the kind of thing where this is one of those songs that like people know it but they don't know that that's the name of it because as you said the line is so tossed off in the song, I think most people were like, "Oh, it's that they've paved paradise." The song. parking lot, no, yeah, think, or the parking lot song. I think because it's been sort of covered commercially mm. in every decade. You know, like Amy Grant did it in the nineties, and then uh, in the two thousands, Counting Crows, and I think there's been another one since. Like, I think it's it's sort of it's it's Teflon. People know Big Yellow Taxi. It's it's you know it was, it was a hit, but I know what you mean. Like like oh yeah, the parking lot song. Yes, yeah, everybody must get stone song. You know, right. like that's what you know. You know, rainy day. Is that the song? Is that the right. name of it? Right. Do you get the sense again? I you know we can't ever get inside Bob's head. Um, I don't get the sense that this was ever really going to be considered for self portrait. Like you know what I mean? Like I feel like this was just kind of them bopping around. Although I, I would have said that about the boxer if they had flipped it. If this had ended up on self portrait and the boxer had been the outtake, was I this the? Was this an outtake for self-portrait or New Morning? Or maybe it was New Morning. All right, but if, okay, new- then it was obviously never going to make New Morning because New Morning got changed so, into all originals. So you know, I've I've sh- I've shown my on Dylan Twitter. I've I've shown my Dylan library, which is two bookshelves, and so I, I scoured my books to see if there's anything on Big Yellow Taxi in the Dylan Encyclopedia. There isn't even an entry for Big Yellow Taxi. Mm-hmm. However, under Joni Mitchell. It says Dylan Dylan recorded a delightfully casual but convincing version of her <laughs> Big Yellow Taxi in the studios in New York on June fourth, nineteen seventy. At one of the sessions for the New Morning album, it was issued not that not on that LP, but on the subsequent compilation Dylan issued in late nineteen seventy three. And then it goes on to her joining the Rolling Thunder review. So I always thought it was on Self Portrait too. I always thought that all the songs on Dylan, it was just like. It was, you know, extra self-port. It was the, the mm-hmm. throwaways. But it does fit 
sort of tonally with New Morning. And on the one hand, I feel like, oh, they were probably just, Bob heard this awesome new song and probably just wanted to, to jam on it and cover it. But the production value is really high. You've got those backup singers in there. That ain't cheap. And um, I don't know who the band was with him for New Morning, but it was probably Columbia Studio people. And maybe, you know, like, I think they intended to, well, I don't know if they intended to do something with it, but at least the um, production of it and the final product seems to show, maybe it was supposed to be a B-side of something, you know? But did Dylan really do stuff like that? Not really. Not a whole lot, no. I mean, once in a while they would throw something original in there, but... Although, but they, I get they, I get to do a whole show one day about the weird B sides of Bob Dylan. <laughs> you get through his, you get through him as a singles artist, and some of the B sides that Columbia threw on there, you're like, really? Isn't like That's... Ballad of a Thin Man the B side of like Rolling Stone or something? Yeah, like that? It's, yeah. Like, yeah. It's, well, the, my my favorite one is uh, again we're getting a little off topic here, but my favorite one is there's the single. There's some whatever song was singled off of Empire Burlesque. I think it's tight connection. I'm not sure. Uh-huh. But whatever. The B side is we better talk this over from street legal. <laughs> what? Like, what? It's not even like an alternate take. It's just the song. But like, let's what? <laughs> like, I love that song, but I'm like, what an odd choice to put that on the B side of a, <laughs> of a single. So, you know, that's so yeah. random. We'll have to ask uh, Allison rap to confirm that. But, <laughs> you know, it's funny. I, I, I asked, um, I asked, I sent a message to Allison and Laura from Definitely Dylan. Uh, sh- shout out, Laura, I'm wearing your shirt today. Um, but, and I asked them, like, do you have any information on Big Yellow Taxi? Like, I, it seems to be one of these things that Dylan fans don't spend a lot of time thinking about and re- researching. Like, maybe this is the first time ever anyone has talked about Dylan's cover of Big Yellow Taxi and this album. I mean, I don't know, you know, like I've scoured the the podcasts, the Dylan podcasts, and I haven't seen any anyone talk about this. So I think we're only left to speculate here. My show is proud to serve. Uh, <laughs> it's pretty. It's a pretty straightforward cover. Like he he has the backup singers doing bop bop bop. He other other than the lyrical changes, you know, it's probably about the same amount of minutes. So mm. it's just an odd choice. I don't know. It's just one of these ones we're left wondering. Yep. So <laughs> and he's never done it in concert, as far as I know. Like, no, like no. You know, I, I of course like went to went to the Dylan site and. You know, Big Yellow Taxi, written by Joni Mitchell, on, appears on Dylan. Of course, no lyrics because he didn't write them. Right. And then it says, first played, nothing. nothing. Last played, nothing. Times played, a big fat zero. <laughs> so, <laughs> which is, I mean, you would think that they might have just covered it just to cover it. Like, not because, oh, this is from Dylan, but just, you know, right. just that he sings a lot of covers a lot of times, you know, especially people that he likes. Have so, they but, still never released it on, on CD? Uh, like I said, outside of that box set from a couple of years ago, no, yeah. it's it's never made it out. I mean, it's I could see why they'd be like, what you know, what's the point? But you can get it on, you know, like on on download. You go to Apple Music, and there of it course. is. Yeah. Um. But but no, they never bought. They never you can bought. get the import on on um on Amazon. Yeah, twenty three bucks. Yeah. So interesting. So um. All right. So let's talk about the other song, which is one of my favorites off of this record, which is Marianne. Now Marianne is a traditional song. I couldn't find any credits to the actual songwriter. There are multiple, multiple versions of this song. It's been covered, uh, of course, as, as being a traditional folk song, you know, like dozens, maybe hundreds of times by folk singers over the years. And 
there were verses for this thing all over the place. And I, it was, it was sort of funny to me, like see that Bob sort of stitched together a version featuring uh, lyrics from two different versions that I saw. There's one by Peggy Seeger and one by Cyril Tawney. And those together feature all the verses that he sings from Marianne, but not together. So he took like one verse from one version and three verses from another version and smushed it together and, and sang that song. So I said, I, I quoted the initial lyrics and then the song goes on 10,000 miles away from home, 10,000 miles or more. The sea will freeze and the earth will, will burn. If I never no more return to you, Marianne. Oh, don't you see that crow fly high? She'll surely turn to white. If I ever prove false to you, my dear, morning turn to night, Marianne. And then he ends with, oh, if I had a flask of gin with sugar here for two and a great big bowl to mix it in, I'd pour a drink for you, my dear, Marianne. Yes, I'd pour a drink for you, my dear, Marianne. I, this is one of the, you know, there's that tagline Columbia Records, says, nobody sings Dylan like Dylan, right? And this is one of those things where I'm like, I feel that nobody sings other people like Dylan because I, I went and listened to other versions of Marianne and I just kind of went, all right, that was nice. But Bob's version really stirs me. I, I really find it quite beautiful. Um, I think the, the language of it, of course, that's the, that's the, the lyrics are so simple and direct that I find them to be just very quietly profound and i love the way that he sings this um just very straightforward song of devotion and when when he says you know the sea will freeze and the earth may burn if i never no more return to you marianne and then if i ever prove false to you my dear morning turn to night mary i've i have guess say when i when i heard that song in my early 20s i just found it to be very powerful i just think it's very beautiful and simple and i love the way bob sings it and i love the backup singers doing the refrain of marianne in the background i think it's i think it's really terrific it, i mean bob's singing traditional that's you know that's how he got started right and yep. you know I, I would love to have heard this world gone wrong or good as yeah. i've been to you you know something like yeah. that he, he are, are we going to talk about the karen wallace tape sure Okay. <laughs> you want to go there now? Absolutely. Why not? Because okay. yes, this has been played live. Right. So one it, time. Yeah. So I, you know, my, my memory is hazy on this because I, you know, I, I spent lately, I've been spending more time on thinking about and reading about his later career, but there's, there are these bunch of bootlegs from Minnesota from 1960 before he left the Minnesota party tape and the, and, but he recorded a bunch of songs at this woman's house, Karen Wallace. And in, in among them were Marianne. He recorded them twice. And then he went off and became a big star. And then Karen Wallace, like tried to get permission to release them. Right. And then in doing that, someone came to her house to listen to them and put a tape recorder in their armpit and recorded it. And that's why the recording is so bad. It's called the armpit tape. <laughs> so there's like, so there's, it's like a recording of a recording, badly recorded <laughs> in someone's wow. apartment. So yeah. So, I mean, it, it's weird. It has like, it, it's a song that has deep, deep Bob Dylan history. Like this is what must be one of the first songs he ever knew how to play on guitar. If like, or, or, or at least he was thinking about when he was, you know, trying to become Woody Guthrie and leave Minnesota. So it it has like this, it doesn't only have this rich history with, within music as a traditional song, 
but even within Bob Dylan's own history. The uh, the set list, as it were, mm. uh, for the for the Karen Karen Wallace tape is pretty amazing because some of the songs you see that he kept going, you know, continued to stick kind of in his history. Got to travel on, mm-hmm. which he did on Self Portrait, uh, and then This Land Is Your Land. Of course, he sung that a bunch of times. Sarah Jane, which appears on Dylan yeah. again, uh, <laughs> you know, Adelia, which he did for for World Gone Wrong. I mean, so I mean, some of these songs he he continued to to tackle uh, as as his continuing. Oh boy, this yeah, it's an amazing list. I mean, again, yeah. you know, I guess do do you know what happened to the, this this tape eventually? I well, mean, you can this- download. So if you go to Expecting Rain discussions, you can. There's a. I mean, I listened to it today. The recording oh, wow. is is bad, but you can hear it. Um, it's uh, you know, I'll send it to you, Rob. But yeah, <laughs> you. you can find the the you know, it's there's like a whole compilation. It's like four CDs. This must have been like a long time bootleg of Dylan's, but like it's like four you know CDs. I'm putting my quotes because you're downloading it, but right. <laughs> of like the Minnesota party tape, the the Karen Wallace tape, and then some Karen Wallace interviews, and then like about it. And you can download it. It's a it's an it's a bootleg. It's not official. But yeah, I mean, you can hear it. It's it's weird, <laughs> and I I wonder if Bob has the the original tape in his house. I don't, <laughs> I don't know. I mean, it's it's weird. The other thing I was thinking about Rob was that how many Dylan songs, how many traditional songs does Dylan do with the words "fare thee well" in it, where he changes the words or cobbles together the different versions, mm-hmm. like "Dink Song," you know, <laughs> which is literally called "Fare Thee Well." Mm-hmm. Fare thee well. <laughs> so I don't know. Maybe that's like a well he goes back to. No pun. He loves that phrase. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's a very powerful phrase. Yeah, yeah I mean, it's, it's just... a it's a folk tradition phrase, right? Like yeah. The, you know. It, this is one of those songs that, uh, you know, I, and I've said this again, we've said this on other episodes, like self-portrait, uh, you know, it's like once the once they put out the another self-portrait bootleg series and I heard some of the material on there, which was so good, uh, you know, Pretty Sarrow and Tattalo Day and some other stuff. And the fact that, you know, it was yet another example of there was there was a real kind of masterpiece of a record in this material. Yeah. And it was not put together correctly. I yeah. mean, it just wasn't. And the fact that Marianne, that, that, that either whether it was Bob or whoever else, could listen to that and say, no, no, let's put on some more stuff from the, the Isle of Wight. It just, <laughs> you know, you're like, what? The, Marianne would have fit perfectly yeah. on Self-Portrait, both thematically and its performance is of a really high quality. And it's like, that should yeah. have been on Self-Portrait for Pete's sakes. Self-Portrait is so... It, well, does Mariana Marianne appear also on uh, the another self portrait or whatever it's called, the bootleg series? No, self portrait. No, okay, so it's not even like okay, it was just officially on this album, and that's it. it. It's so funny that there are so many Dylan things that leave you scratching your head. Well, why didn't he just do that? Like, why does another self portrait need to redeem self portrait? Yeah. Why didn't mm-hmm. they just do it right the first time? And I, again, I don't want to throw shade, too much shade at, cause I love all things Dylan. I'm a Dylan apologist. I can make cases for all those albums, but it, it just, yeah, you could have had, and we talked about this the last time I was on, right? Like blind Willie McTell is not an official release. Mm-hmm. He didn't put it on an album. The, you know, the best version of every grain of sand is not on that album. Uh, the, there are other things like that. So <laughs> I don't know, Rob, you just, 
maybe it's a like a feeling in the moment thing or i mean it's got to be it's got to be and i know that at some point and he's given interviews to, to this effect that at some point he lost the plot for self-portrait and it it he decided to make it a joke it didn't oh, really? start out as a, yeah it didn't start out as a joke and then it became a joke now now th- maybe this was him years later kind of you know oh yeah it was always meant to be a joke like a little bit of like you know uh cya uh-huh. kind of thing where you know because and he, in the interview he does with um kurt loader for rolling stone in 1983 oh wow he talks about that it was meant to be an album to get a certain chunk of his audience away from him because he didn't want them anymore and and then you know so he said the whole thing was always meant to be a joke and so kurt loader says well why a double album joke and bob says well if you're gonna if you're gonna put a lot of crap on it you got you really got to load it up and you know that's dismissive of the material on self-portrait because there's a lot of great stuff on self-portrait days of 49 i think is great and belle isle and all you know i mean there's some there's some really Wigwam. solid well, Wigwam, <laughs> rebecca would say the boxer yeah. there's a lot of great stuff on there but there's also a lot of garbage right and the idea that he had Marianne and some of the other favorites off this record, Sarah Jane. I love Sarah Jane. The fact that he had those in his hip pocket and was like, you know, no, let's put on three versions of, you know, like Alberta, like Alberta. I love Alberta. Yeah. On that, on that record. I think that's great. But like three versions of Alberta, do we need that, you know, or whatever? Um, so it's just confounding. It's just, what's a better album, Dylan 73 or self portrait? Well, that's see, that's a good question. That's for pound. Well, that's it. what I wanted to ask you to wrap up this episode because, of course, you were on recently, and I already asked you about what album uh, <laughs> sessions would you want to sit in. So you've already answered yeah. that question. So, from Dylan, right? If you could mix this together, if somebody came to you and said, "Hey, Henry, I'm not going to make you say you're going to pull stuff off self-portrait because that's going to require like a little too much work," but off of the Dylan album, what song? With what songs, if any, would you have put on to self-portrait to maybe you know? Balance it out a little better. Make it a little, a little more in the quality scale. Okay, this is a very Henry thing to do. I need some qual. I need some like. Um, I, I need to ask you some questions about sure. this, pre- right. this yeah. premise. In right. this premise, am I taking things out of self-portrait? Am I replacing? Uh, let's say yes, but I'm not going to expect you to be able to go through all of self-portrait. <laughs> okay. and that's a little too much to ask you. I'm just okay. like, is I'm, obviously you like Big Yellow Taxi. But I'm yeah, just wondering but I don't know the, that I would put it on. Self-portrait. Well, that's right. That's what I was. Why right. I was so I was asking this, of the nine songs on yeah. this on Dylan, Lily of the West, Can't Help Falling in Love, Sarah Jane, Ballad of Ira Hayes, Mister Bojangles, Marianne, Big Yellow Taxi, A Fool Such as I, and Spanish is the Loving Tongue. Is what, if any, would you throw onto Self Portrait to say? I mean, you know what? Self Portrait could have been improved by a couple of these songs. Not Spanish is a Loving Tongue, Mm-mm. not Big Yellow Taxi, not okay. Mr. Bojangles for sure. Um, okay. Probably Sarah Jane, Marianne, and if I like had one more, like either, definitely not Can't Help Falling Alone, uh, either Ira Hayes or A Fool Such As I. Okay. I don't know that it would improve those. Although, you know, I don't know which ones were recorded for New Morning or not. And I mean, New Morning's fine. It doesn't mm. need any tinkering. It's no. it's not his greatest. It's far from his worst. But it doesn't doesn't need any help. Um, so to help sort self portrait, I don't know that any of those. Like, yeah, I'd throw Marianne, Marianne and Sarah Jane on there. I don't. It's not like it would push it over into the good album <laughs> category. It. 
It might help it a little. I might give it another listen than once to, once through. <laughs> what about you? Yeah, I mean, I I'm thinking about that. If if self portrait was really what he set it out to be, which was, I mean, obviously it's he's being sort of like purposefully. Uh, sort of opposite by by saying I'm going to call the record self portrait, but yet it's all going to be covers. But I mean, you know, you say okay, well, this is a guy saying I'm going to reflect on my roots. Obviously, right, right. from John Wesley Harding and Nashville Skyline, and as nobody knew at the time, the Basement Tapes, right. he was going back to his roots uh, and and rediscovering that stuff. And self portrait is kind of the next evolution of that. All right, I'm going to go back and just sing the words that I grew up with. If that's the theme, if that is what you're trying to stick to, I would think that that certainly Sarah Jane, certainly Marianne, yeah. uh, and probably the and the the, the Ballad of Ira Ballad of Hayes is a little on the newer side, but those especially I think are solid performances of established folk songs that I think would have fit in quite well on self-portrait. I don't think they would have stuck out like, oh, that's weird. Why does that belong in here? Right. Um, Big Yellow Taxi, as much as I like, yeah, would have been a little like, what? Well, of course, the boxer is on there. Yeah, he maybe could have put that on side one, balance out with the bo- I don't know. We're, 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 we're <laughs> yeah, down I mean, in the weeds here. Yeah. But I just think the re- if the Dylan record had been nothing but total crap, you could see why he's like, well, this is why he left it all behind. But it isn't. No, and again, it's, not. it's perverse that the version of Spanish is the loving tongue on this record is so bad. <laughs> and yet there's the piano version he did that was released as a B-side, which is great. Yeah. Like, it's, it's, like, it's so again? weird. I mean, well, I, a couple, I wonder a couple things. I wonder if maybe it truly was a revenge album in that Columbia was not only putting it out just to get a money grab, keep up the copyright, whatever, but also like they wanted to burn him by putting out a bad album so Maybe. that like look at the shit that we put out when he's not here or something like that. So maybe there's that um, in terms of like, you know, because it's such a it's so funny that it's called colloquially the revenge album. You know, it's like <laughs> ultimately Dylan did fine, <laughs> but mm-hmm. uh, um, so did Columbia. By the way, they're 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 doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I I was also thinking that you know the the idea of like this self reflective thing that's so blatantly called self portrait with a hand drawn self portrait of himself on there. It's like he's kind of hitting you over the head with it. How old was he here? Thirty something. Uh, let's see, seventy three would have been uh, thirty two. He's 32, thinking about his career and his life and his being self-reflective. You know, like, these songs should be on Good As I've Been To You and World Gone mm-hmm. Wrong, right? Mm-hmm. And late 50s, early 60s, thinking about that, that thing. But he's so ahead of his time that maybe he didn't know how to do all these. He just put them all out there. And, I mean, it's incredible, the the again, the library that this man had at 19 years old of traditional folk music, it's astounding. I mean, how did he amass that much musical knowledge, you know, between the ages of 14 and 19? Mm-hmm. And because that's where this was all sitting. This was all parked there other than Big Yellow Taxi. I don't think he, you know, heard of these things in, you know, in the 70s. It was like, oh, I got to put that on there other than, <laughs> other than right? Like these are these mm-hmm. are all traditional songs or, or or at least part of the folk tradition. Right, yeah. Absolutely. Like I said, I, I really think there's some some great stuff. And I, I listened to Marianne a bunch of times today and it, it still works on me. It works on me at this age and it worked on me when I first heard it in my early 20s. Again, I just think, and and part of it is his vocal. It's not just the lyrics. I, again, I love the lyrics and the, they're they're just direct and, and, and 
sweet and, uh, and, and purposeful, but it's the way he sings it. And he just has that, his voice has got that slightly hoarse quality that he had on the self portune warning. And when he just, again, when he just talks about the, if I ever prove false to you, uh, I just think that's, it's his beautiful old timey language that he loves. And yeah, this is, I, it, this is one of those things where I'm like, boy, I really wish he had kept this in his repertoire. You know, and and pulled it out every so often, especially in the '90s and the early 2000s when he was doing those folk covers at his concerts. I would love to hear in like an up tempo version of Marianne. This would yeah. just be terrific. And so, yeah, but at like least there's like, this version with like Larry Campbell and yes. Charlie Sexton and yeah. Tony Garnier, right? Like a yeah. to one of those tour openers and like yes. between '97 and 2002. Completely, right? or completely. So, openers. absolutely yeah. would have loved it. It's just great. And you said it's it's. It, it it helped expand my knowledge of what he was about this record because it was like, oh, he does, he sometimes will do whole album. I didn't know it was the revenge album when I bought it. <laughs> I just got it. I just thought Sick. it was strange. I remember being like, why? Right. Like, this is weird. I was really excited for it. I was like, oh my God, it's a Dylan album that you can't get. It must be amazing. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, not so much. Uh, <laughs> but, but yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really was like a, it was, I love being able to like learn these songs I never would have heard otherwise, if not for him. And, and so, yeah, that's why it was like, it's, it's a, you know, it's definitely very flawed. But I have my own kind of, you know, as you say, you're a Dylan apologist. Me too. You know, I right. have my own little pet things in the man's career that I feel like I stick up for more than other people. And this was one of those things. And so as long as I've been doing this show, I've always wanted to get to something from this record. And as we kept checking off every record, you know, Bob Dylan and down on the groove and, and, you know, whatever uh, we, you know, we even, I mean, Laura and I even talked about the, the real live version of Tangled Up in Blue, which oh, is yes. that record in there. There's nothing else on that record even worth really to be talking about no, except for that song. Um, but Dylan remained unspoken for. And so I'm so glad we finally got to do this, Henry. So once again, thank you for, for volunteering. You're so welcome. It's, I, I just couldn't believe you had, you wanted to have me back so soon after my last appearance, I guess, you know, you really were going d- deep to the bench for this one. <laughs> it's not, you, who's the one person who will talk about anything I regarding am, Bob Dylan? I am always happy to have you on, Henry. I'm happy to thank have you. my stable of regular commentators. And uh, I've just, so no, no worries at all, my friend. I'm always, always, always happy to have you here on the show. Thank you so much, Rob. So, all right, well, officially, we've checked Dylan off the list, everybody. That's it. We finally covered. You don't have to cover it again, by the way. This yeah, is, that, yeah. Let's, well, let's... I mean, yeah, probably. I maybe want to talk about Sarah Jane sometimes, but that's a conversation for another day. Willing so, to uh... come back for it if you do. <laughs> okay, fair, fair enough. So, Henry, why don't you tell people where they can find you out on the Internet? Sure. Um, if you want to talk Dylan, uh, I'm at Gonzo3249. I'm very active talking about dylan with the dylan community it's a very positive happy place shouted out a couple people uh out there earlier um if you are interested in comic books and judaism i have a podcast called funny you don't look jewish and you can find us at jewish comics pod and basically we cover explicitly jewish content in uh, superhero comic books so like the thing having a bar mitzvah or kitty pride from the x-men wearing uh, star of david and talking about her her judaism things like that um and i also have a podcast called superman and lois and pals where i go episode by episode uh reviewing the show on the cw superman and lois and that's uh superman and superman pals pod on twitter
Very cool. Uh, okay, everybody, of course, you want to find this show. All the back episodes are on our website, finewaterpodcast.com. You can subscribe to the show on any podcatcher of your choice. And if you want to support the Fine Water Podcast Network, just go to patreon.com slash fwpodcast. There you can unlock various rewards, one of which is to be name-checked on the show of your choice. So big thanks to Robert Ward, Steve Cronin, Max Hutzel, George Doherty, Joaquin Meckel, Paul Ruther, and Superman's pal Henry Bernstein for their support of Pod Dylan. Thank you very much, Henry. You're welcome. (laughs) So uh, thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you later. Bye. You're talking about someone like uh, like in 2010 about Dylan. When you have Bob Dylan, you say he's not authentic at all. He's a plagiarist. His name and voice. Oh, wait, wait. I didn't say that. I didn't say that he's not authentic at all. That, that is not a word I use. No, that's, see, that was that's from jur- the L.A. Times. Yes, yeah, so, okay, that's, that's journalistic bullshit.